Hello, today is Friday, January the 12th, and you're listening to the Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by Northcore Grains. I'm your host, Dolores Foster, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Dolores, welcome back, Dolores. Oh, thank you, Jeffrey. (laughs) I heard you had a um, Dwight on last week as my replacement. I think that was two weeks ago. Oh, two weeks ago. Is that three weeks ago? I don't know. You've been gone a long time, Dolores. I haven't been gone that long. Long time. (laughs) So, Jeffrey, um, lots of uh, of things happened this week uh, in the markets. We had a USDA report here today, but why don't we start with where where the markets ended up? Well, week. it was a doom and gloom week. Doom and gloom. Corn ended down $5 a ton after being down about $4 last week. Soybeans down, old crop soybeans here down $11 a ton after being down $15 last week. So, you know, that's $26 in two weeks a ton. That's big money. That's a pretty big hit. Yeah. Uh, spring wheat down $4 this week, 5 last week. Winter wheat down $7 this week, five last weeks. So it's negative city. Doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. But might be a little positive somewhere. See what we can find out here. It's, uh, see what we can find. So let's see what affected the markets this week. Much like last week and the week before, weather in South America. I think I wrote the one day the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane, but the rain in Brazil drives prices down. I was going to say, or Spain is not in South America, I know, Jeffrey. But I, I needed a rhyme. <laughs> I like to rhyme some of the time. <laughs> so, rain in Brazil drives prices down for both corn and soybeans, which is so that's been a negative. The uh, shipping concerns in the Red Sea, it's amazing how the uh, we wondered when the conflict the war started in israel there how that might affect the markets and it has affected markets because how the other terrorist group has uh, been bombing or going after uh, ships in the red sea and so now the u.s and the uk have they're bombing some of those terrorist groups i'm trying to think which one that is now the hamas or i can't even think which one it is the ones in yemen they're bombing and uh, so ships through the Black Sea through the uh, Suez Canal shipping's down something like 50% through the Suez Canal right now should that not be a positive for our markets Jeff it's a negative because it's driving overall shipping costs around the world higher interesting so it's that plus remember we talked a month ago and since then, too, about uh, shipping in the Panama Canal is really decreased this year because they're low on water in the Panama Canal. So they made the shipping costs more expensive there. So now more ships are going through the southern tips around South America, around Africa. Which is get driving more. the freight rate up. It's driving freight rate up, driving Where container rates up. With the Ukraine-Russia war. Anytime there is shipping issues in, in the Black Sea, that, that would be a positive for a market. So it really yeah. depends about location, doesn't it? <laughs> location, 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 you know. <laughs> so costs are getting higher with the longer routes right now, so that's bad. And uh, oh, I'll put down here, let's see. Oh, yeah, the oil market. With some of those terrorist attacks in the Black or in the Red Sea this week, that actually oil jumped up for like half a day, $2, $3 a barrel, and then it pulled back. So like oil... 
I think the high was around $75 a barrel for the week. It's the low around 70. It's closed here right around the middle of that. So oil, I think a lot of the markets, the analysts were thinking there'd be more volatility because of what's happening in the Middle East, but it hasn't really brought it yet. Hopefully it doesn't anymore, and hopefully they kind of have things under control. But it did have some short-term volatility this week. Would that also uh, be part of the reason why the exchange rate got stronger this week? Or is that more to do with the U.S.? Well, the exchange rate, again, let's go back to the U.S. and talk about inflation in the U.S. So it came out in December a little higher than what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Some of their U.S. Federal Reserve uh, regional chair people are saying that interest rates should be held at the higher rates they are now for a longer period. Mm-hmm. And so that's if they put off uh, decreasing interest rates in the U.S., that really affects their dollar. So they, you know, at one time they're thinking they're going to start decreasing in March and then some of these chairmen come out and say, no, that's too early. So that brings some volatility in the market. And we did see some of that in the uh, in the exchange rate. The one day, I think we had about a 0.6 or 0.7 of a dollar change in it. But it's, it's really ended the week uh, pretty much where it started. We're still under 75 cents, 74 and a half cents here to the U.S. dollar. So it's, uh, we've had volatility, but it, or it did increase, our dollar did increase in value, but then it pulled back some. So it's the market keeps playing with those things. But there was one, like these have all been kind of little things affecting the markets, but there's... Everything up till now, or yeah, up till today. Up till 12 o'clock today. Oh, yes. Or 12.01. What always happens at 12 o'clock, Jeffrey? Well, today's one of those USDA reports, and there was lots of different reports they brought out today. Uh, but this was... One of their biggest data dumps of the year. Data dumps. All of the finally, all of the numbers are in for the year. Yeah. So <laughs> Final yields and acreage and yeah. So they everything. they did surprise the market. They have corn at a new record yield of of one hundred and seventy seven point three bushels per acre across their uh, acreage in the U.S. That was an increase of two point four bushels per acre. So that again, that's a new record yield, new record production. The only nice thing is that they did decrease acreage, harvested acres by about five hundred thousand, but they still end up with uh, increasing the stock numbers. That's the year-end projected stocks for for this uh, twenty-three, twenty-four. Like it's just lots of numbers, but. So it's even though there negative. was less acres of corn, the yield was so much more that there was still an increase. From they last still year. Incre- well big and well, it's almost double from last year, but it's still a big increase from uh, December. So last year they had about uh, one point three million uh, bushels of corn carry out. You know they're projecting here for next year almost two point two billion or yeah two point two billion. So it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of corn. So that's all negative on the corn side. Soybeans, they really surprised the market on the soybean side. They went from 49.9 bushels per acre, which is pretty good yield. Like even most of us farmers up here, if they average that every year, they'd be pretty happy. Absolutely. Lots of guys had lots higher than that, especially the ones who listen to Paul Sullivan and plan it early. (laughs) 
Talk to you soon, Paul. And the uh, but the increase from forty nine point nine up to fifty point six, so that's an increase of 0.7 bushels per acre. And over their acres, that's of course that increased their carryout stocks. And actually, much like corn, they did decrease soybean harvested acres. So it's kind of funny if you remember back when was it August that they found more acres around. Yeah. yeah. Well, now they took a bunch away. So it's. Uh, Oh, I wonder if they actually found them or if they just <laughs> found them on paper. Yeah. Who knows what the USDA give us, the USDA takes away all the times, <laughs> I guess. But they did increase the stock numbers again on soybeans. You know, they were looking at pretty tight stocks. It's still historically not a great big number on soybeans, but it's still... It's, so even after it. these record yields and car like carryout stocks are still tight. Uh, on soybeans, a little bit tight, but not nothing scary. So a soybean number that's tight is under 100 million ton or 100 million uh, bushels. They're projected at what 280 million bushels. So it's not that tight, but uh, it's an historic okay number. However, there's lots of things have changed in the through times. So one of those big things again is Brazil, South America. You know. Who has been having phenomenal weather, I've heard. Well, so Brazil, if you think, <laughs> at the start of the last year, they produced 155 uh, million tons of soybeans. Their projections this year were up to 161.5 or 162. Now the USDA has decreased them down to 157. That's still more than last year. So it would be another record production. And... It's still just big numbers. Their corn numbers, they decrease them down a couple million uh, bushels, or a couple million tons, nothing major. Argentina is bouncing right back up. You know, if they had 50% production last year, they're getting they're getting consistent good weather in Argentina. So is that going to affect our meal, soy meal, uh, or the, I should say not ours, but the U.S.'s Soy meal position, or do you think they're going to be able to hang on to those relationships they gained during Argentina's With all the uh, political turmoil Argentina's going through and devaluing their currency and stuff, they're going to they're going to ship out. They they need money coming into their country, so the U.S. has to be in a they'll be into a fight. For so, that do money. you think that there's still lots of room for soybeans to decrease? There's always room to go down. The path of least resistance is down. The path of least resistance is down. The market does not always need a reason to go down. It needs a reason to go up. And a bull market, a bull always has to be fed. A bear goes to rest. So it's the, there's definitely room for prices to go down. I hate saying that, it's, but the doom and gloom in the market is there. The doom and gloom is there. Nothing came out today to change it. Every report I've read today, the analysts, the commentators, they're like, sell. There's nothing here to drive prices. That's It's sad. It's brutal. So, Jeff, what should our farmers do? What should our farmers do? Take a look at your own position on where, uh, what you needed. Like I've, I've written about it here, what you need to break even to make money on your farm. Thank God we generally had strong yields this last year and the crops that have been marketed were probably marketed at a pretty good number. You might have to average down, but it's uh, it's hard to see what's going to drive prices. 
I tell people don't get married to those crops. It's hard to sell into a, a, a negative market, but sometimes you just have to take that what you feel is a hit and let it go and move on. Uh, I think the best, I wrote one day this week about a farmer who was selling soybeans at uh, $550 a ton, or $560 because he said $550 was my, I set the floor in and I'm going to sell some some more of my beans before it gets to the floor. Well, today it actually closed under the 550 and he sold the rest of his there. Oh no, it, it was down under 550 at one time and then he sold them. So I give that guy some credit that he could make that, uh, he could make that decision. So it's, there's no one set of advice to, for every farmer or like for everybody, but it's hard to see the market bouncing back. I think you make some really good points. It, it can be an emo emotional roller coaster uh, navigating through the markets. And like if, if you have the numbers in front of you and you know, like this farmer, he knew his floor was 550. And if you can get above that, then... Let her know, then, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just take the risk off the table. You know, it's take some risk off the table. Maybe not sell everything. Maybe still gamble with some, but take some risk. So At least cover your costs. There was two other things that come out on the report here that I should mention, uh, maybe three things. So world ending stocks for all corn, soybeans, and wheat were increased with this. So that's doom and gloom. One positive winter wheat seeded acres in the U.S. Uh, decreased. Last year they were uh, they're down a couple million acres from last year and about a little over a million acres from what was projected. So that should be positive for wheat. However, wheat prices still went down because world stocks are expected to increase. So the one last thing that's not really being talked about much, but I found in the reports here, one guy reported was USDA projecting Chinese imports. Because we always talk about how China can change the market and they could change the market really fast. Absolutely. So the, they say they import about 23 uh, million tons of corn. And last year that was just under 19, but they're not changing that number. The USDA is projecting them to import 102 million tons of soybeans. And last year they imported like 101 million. So this is all not just from the U.S., but from Brazil and that too. And remember, I already said Brazil is going to produce just under 160 million tons. China needs about 100 million doesn't leave a lot in there for the U.S. No, it you really know, doesn't. <laughs> work the numbers out, and that's why U.S. soybean exports are decreased. So Chinese, if China was to drastically increase their imports, their purchases, especially of U.S. crops, that would drive prices. But right now, it's not happening. So I hate to say it, the markets are doom and gloom. Uh, they're going to struggle to find something positive to... To drive prices and uh, that's just where it is right now hopefully next week it'll change Monday is a holiday in the States Martin Luther King Day so the markets are not open on Monday I forgot to put that in the blog today and so say the markets are not open. oh one last thing anybody we are having email issues this week so our not everybody has been receiving our blog hopefully this will uh, get straightened out we're hoping next week Very that soon. we'll be able to be back uh, to normal uh, <laughs> All the email list. It goes to what, about 
twelve hundred people or something. They yeah, all that's right. Re receive yeah. it. So yeah. I was going to say two thousand. <laughs> no, uh, our blog is updated though every uh, every day, every morning on the website. So uh, yeah, you can find it there as well to uh, sure. to read. All right, I think that's all I had. If oh, that's all you much, had, too Jeff, much negative talk. I'm done with your negative that. talk. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate everyone tuning in for the podcast. Uh, hopefully so everyone has a good I guess the positive thing this week is, Dolores, that you are back after your extended time I'm away. not sure people so, really yeah. care so much about that, Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 hopefully we have some more positive news next week for you. And uh, hope everyone has a great weekend and uh, doesn't get too stuck in the snow that's coming. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.